What up, my brother from another mother and father? What's up, brother? Just chilling like a villain. Like a real villain, like Lex like Luthor? Well, I, I don't want to consider myself that level of, of villainously. Ben- how you say it? Say villainously? 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 Is that how you say it? No. <laughs> I think villainy is probably the best way to go. Villainly? Damn it, I can't roll my tongue to get that word out. Damn it. That's I hate that. Tough one. that. Villainy. So you have to you have to break it down. Villainy. Villainy. Villainy there. there. Bam. I won't consider myself that level of villainy. There it is. Boom. Ah, you got ah. it. First try. Right. Got it. Got it. On the sixth try, uh, got it. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? It's better late than never, right? Uh, yeah. And we don't cut this shit, so, you know. That whole part right there, people still gonna get that part. Live <laughs> and uncut at Big Beefing. <laughs> so I got a got a little bit of good news. What's the good news? Our um, the, our little our small little Facebook push from the sing along has got us up over three hundred listens. Oh God! Oh Jesus! We we gained. I'm not lying. In the last four days, we've gained seventy listens overall throughout the. All right. Day. But that's awesome news. That's always yeah. awesome news. So, can I help you? Uh, <laughs> yes, I just want to know you were there. I, I heard, I heard a ding. I want to make sure you were there. Oh, all right. Are you are you depressed? Are you eating something? No, I've had a really long day. I'm tired. You tired? So speaking of our topic, mm. the Mondays. <laughs> the Mondays, Aaron. Do you hate Monday? Uh, I hate every day that I have to work. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that, that set up the next topic was, what's your most hated day? If you had to pick a day that you hated the most, what day would that be? I, I, uh, I know a lot of people don't like Mondays, but I, I don't mind Mondays because that's, that's doing something different. You know, I guess what well, I really hate is Tuesdays. See, I was the same way because I hate Monday because you come back from the weekend. All right. What got fucked up while I was gone? What changed while I was gone? Who got fired? Who did what while I was gone? What do I got fixed now for the weekend? That's why I don't like Mondays. Yeah. <coughs> but yeah. well, more more likely, it's because I got to go to gas in my car. Damn, it's Monday. I just put gas in my car over the weekend. Now I got to go to the gas station and get gas. <laughs> you, don't, you don't like putting gas in the car? Uh, you, uh, not really. I know it's a simple task. You had a car. Yeah, I, uh, you know. There was this lady one time we were, I was at some kind of training and everybody was sitting around talking and they were talking about, you know, first dates and those kind of experiences. And there was this lady and they were asking her, well, what, what, what would you not want on a first date? And she said, I can't stand going to get gas. So if we have to go get gas on the first date, it's over. I'm not, we're not going on the second one. Damn. And they were like, just like that for just not getting gas. And she was like, yeah, I can't stand it. I can't stand getting gas. Well, how old was she? Uh, she was like in her forties. Okay, so I can understand that saying. Like, I remember being told, "Hey, if you're going on a date, clean the car out, fill it up, make sure you got everything set for the date." So I can understand that kind of, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what she was saying. You know, if you really cared about it and you wanted to make it a perfect night, you wouldn't have messed with all that shit. Yeah, you know. But, well, I guess everyone has different standards for uh, going on a date. You know. Yeah. Mine, yeah. you know, mine would be, well, that's like today, man. I spoke to someone today, Shane, 
<clears throat> that smelled like coffee and cigarettes. I mean, like bad. Thing. I mean, awful. Yep. Sweet, sweet Jesus, awful. <laughs> like just awful. And I couldn't stand next to them for so long. I was trying to help them, and they, they were so awful with the cigarette and coffee smell. Ugh. Yeah, that's that. That's that good stuff. <laughs> uh, that's the wake you up stuff. Yeah, that's... it'll wake. That'll get you going. That gets you. That's get you your blood pumping. Ugh. Well, you know, that's like like I said. But going on a date, you know, they smell too much like cigarettes. Like, ugh. You smell like a. You smell like perfume and and uh, ash. That, that's a that, that's a weird turnoff right there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think. Well, the problem is that people that smoke. They don't realize how bad that stuff smells to the, the non smoker. Like it's not it's not a it's not a pleasant smell. It's not a, a wonderful odor where we can just whiff in the smoke and be like, Yeah, man, that's that's good. I like that that's that uh North Carolina tobacco or something like that. I mean we, you know, it just it's it just smells like burnt fuck. It's not even like it's not like like the burning of wood smells kinda good. Mm-hmm. Tobacco smoke, I don't know what it is. It just does not smell pleasant. Well, I, I well, me Shane, I don't understand if, if it was a cigar because you know I I smoke cigars, well, not in like the last five six years, but I know when I smoke a cigar, hey, that's a, that's a fine cigar. You has just smoked it. You smoked, it. not just some junk you bought. <coughs> you don't you don't smoke them anymore. The what? You don't smoke cigars anymore. I have the cut back, Shane. You know, just I only I only smoke now on special occasions. You know. Uh, you don't put a rocking chair up on your backyard and well that that's the um that's the dream Shane of like uh, like when maybe when I'm tired, maybe it's a cigar every night, you know, watching the sunset, a little a little glass of uh brandy right there to dip my cigar in to get the flavor going, you know, stuff like that. You know. A robe? Would you have would you have a robe? Uh no, I think I'd just be in some sandals and come my comfy uh uh, what do you call them? The jersey pants? They may have jersey material. Yeah, know, yeah, jersey. yeah. Those yeah. could be a tail, Shane. I would wear those and just sit there and just go at it, you know. Yeah, the pair I got, I've had for a long time, and I've been wearing them bitches quite a bit, especially they, during they the fade, summertime. They fading out yet? Uh, no, they still got the blue. I mean, they're not as rich blue as they were when I first got them, but they're not. They're not faded. Yeah. Well, the only time now I'll smoke a cigar is like um, when, when Jonathan was born, when I got married. You know, special events now. I'll, I'll say, all right, this is a special event. Try to light me a stogie. You know, stuff like that. But, you know, nothing really special has happened lately, you know, to smoke a fine cigar. Now, you just told me we got, we got over 300 listens. I might go pick one up just to, hey, we did it. We got 300. All right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to one of those places where you smoke indoors, like a, like a humidor I, or something like I, that? I have been to a – it was in Arlington. It was a sit-down uh, cigar parlor. I did not get a chance to stay because they were closing, and we just picked up some, gar- some cigars and we left. But it was a really nice little – you know, hey, okay, yeah, you can sit right here. The, the, cigar, the, um, the ashtrays were empty. You know, everything was there for you. But they're like, hey, we're closing now. We're already cleaned up. Like, oh, it's no big deal. We're just going to grab some stuff and leave. But it, it was a really nice little place. I can't remember the name of it, but it was really nice. How does it smell in those things? And in humidor, yeah, it it smells like it smells clean in there. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not what you think it would smell like. Like it smells like tobacco, but you know, not burnt tobacco. It smells clean and because they have to keep the humidity in there at certain uh, temperature, at a certain degree. So it's not as bad as you think it is when you walk in there. Hmm. 
So, yeah, so. I just I, I wouldn't even know how to smoke a cigar. I'd look like an idiot trying to do it. Yeah, because yeah, because you, 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 <laughs> you need a cutter. You don't you don't use a lighter because that's too many oils in there. But you can use a a lighter, but it has to be a certain oil you have to use, and that's why you see Hellboy. The guy says no, you use a match to preserve the flavor. You don't use a regular fucking lighter, you know. You got to puff on it though a little bit, right? When you're trying to get it going, don't you? Yeah, to... you got you got to you got to puff it and rotate it to get it even. Get even a burn. Yeah. One side, you're burning. And you have to cut it a certain way. <laughs> so, I'm not saying I'm a master of cigar smoking. I'm just saying I know the basic things. I personally was going, this idiot doesn't know what he's talking about, how to do a fine cigar. You know, but I do know that some people cut the end off and they dip them in brandy or jack to get that little flavor absorbed in there, even a little taste when you smoke it. So, yeah. So when you when you smoke it, you smoke it in your car. I did smoke one. I did, okay, real funny story. One time, I was driving a Mustang, and this is when the windows got busted on a Mustang, and I couldn't roll down the windows. But I was determined that day to smoke a cigar. I don't know why, and I was, and that was the first time I smoked a cigar in the car. And was and it I, hot? And I messed up, Shane. A cop pulled me over. He uh he, I couldn't roll down the windows. It looked like fucking, I just smoked something else in my car. So <laughs> He thought you were getting baked. Yeah, he didn't believe me. Like, sir, my windows are busted. Like, sir, open your window. Sir, my windows are busted. I can't open it. So he walked around to the other side of the door. Because I don't <laughs> open the door inside the street. So he went to the other side. He opened the door. And all the smoke just fucking came out, Shane. Like, God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Were you, did you still have the cigar lit in your hand? Were you like, yes, still it was still, it you can't just throw it. So you know how hot the cigar is? You know how hot the end gets? Well, he also needed to show that it didn't smell like weed. It's like, hey, man, this is a cigar. This isn't a joint. Well, I had to. <laughs> I, told him, I told him what it was. Like, well, can I, can, can I please? Uh, he asked me, well, can I examine it? I said, yes, sir, you can. I gave it to him. He looked at it. Okay. He goes, let me give you, let me, he goes, okay, I want you offer the warning, but here's an idea. Let's not do this again. Like, yes, sir. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, why, didn't you, bags, why didn't you get you know? smart ass? Why didn't you say, oh, I didn't know this was against the Constitution. I didn't know. Right. I, I, why, I'm saying, why be one of those people? Why? why? <laughs> Pull out your camera and say, sir, <laughs> I am not resisting arrest, sir. I'm wait, 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 John, you're saying that you can't, you can't smoke your cigar and ride in your car at the same time? You can't. It would just look bad. A Mexican guy in a car full of smoke just looked bad. <laughs> what he's saying there is yeah. he couldn't he couldn't roll his windows down, so it was like a fucking cloud. And... Yeah. Why'd you Why'd you get pulled over in the first place? It looks suspicious, Aaron. Because like, like you said, he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a Mexican in a Mustang, and there's a cloud of smoke. So the cop yeah. was like, "Huh, that's interesting. Don't see that every day." Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it looks suspicious. So that's well, he was he just did. investigating a suspicious person. Yeah, yeah. which is what police do. He's just he's allowed to do that. He said, "Sir, anything wrong? Nope. Anything you tell me? Nope. Anything in the car? Nope. What's that you smoking? A cigar, sir. Can I examine it? Yes, you can, sir. He looked at it. Okay. Well, here's an idea. Can I give you some advice? Yes, sir. Let's not do this again until you get your windows fixed. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, okay. I, okay, you left that part out. I, I, well, the, the not do it until you get your windows fixed. Oh, like that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, he said that. It's it's okay. Well, he wasn't being an asshole. He was just saying fix your windows. Yeah. But yeah. if he had just been, you know, you could have. I mean, yeah, I get it. You don't want to be that guy. But shit, everybody else online these days pulls out their camera. 
and says, "Sir, I'm not resisting. I'm not resisting." Sir. I, I, I got no time for that. Just he was he didn't want. He just thought, you know, hey, he might be doing something. <coughs> but that's one I job I could, I could I could. Well, you I know, could. once I'm saying, I was um, I was working out, and this is when I used to carry my little protein powders in my uh, little little Ziploc baggies. And I couldn't remember, because the new law rolled out, that you couldn't drive and talk on your phone or text and, and talk on your, text and drive. I couldn't remember which one it was. So I pulled into a parking lot, and I was texting somebody. And sure enough, a cop pulled up behind me. And he, you know, he, he gave me the old red, red and blue. He's like, uh-oh, what'd I do? And sure enough, I looked over. I'm in a school parking lot. I was, oh. I'm like, oh, fuck, how am I in a school parking lot? And I'm like, okay, well, all right, he comes over. He goes, sir, uh, is there a problem? No, sir, I was just texting. I, I don't know if it was text, no texting driving or no talking and driving. It's, it's no texting. Like, okay. They yeah, sir, no saying, what was in the baggie, sir? Sir? He's like, what was in the little baggie right there? <laughs> oh, work, workout powder. Can I, you mind if I test it? <laughs> yes, sir. I get in the baggie. He goes behind the car, does his little thing. He goes, he comes back. All right, sir, you're good to go. Just next time, know your surroundings. And I'm like, okay, sir. <laughs> he grabbed my. He, he, he thought he's about to bust you with cocaine. I guess so, Shay. I guess so. Like, yeah, he was about to have to a good day, and he realized, oh well, not exciting after all. Yeah. So, so same thing. It, he gave isn't me that a hassle to have to go through that though? I mean, what you know? What what if he? I mean, you don't know, man. Some cops are crooked. What if he had a little cocaine? And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. He, he poured a little bit in that in that powder. Then what you gonna do? You know. Well, that's why we have body cams and uh, dash cams now. So they would have revealed that. You know, it's not worth it when you're gonna well, get caught. Well, I could have been screwed because he went behind the car to do the little test thing or whatever he did. You know. What I'm saying is, my camera got <laughs> my camera switched. The battery failed on it. I, I don't know what happened. It cut off momentarily. There's all kinds of ways you can get around it. But, you know. Yeah. Well, word know. against you. If John doesn't have a history of, of drug addiction and there's an investigation, and eventually the truth will win out. No, yeah. John will lose. <laughs> Not going to believe John. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, that's when you get character witnesses. You get all kinds of people who don't have a drug history say, I've Nobody's never seen John. Go. Nobody's going to go. <laughs> Nobody. No, no, no fake. Everybody's going to think that John did right. If, if, John, just, <laughs> if, John, if John had gotten charged, everybody would think he did it. Nobody would believe him. We'd all be like, John, you sure you didn't have anything in that powder, John? Are you sure, John? It was workout powder. That's fucked up, Jay. You've been knowing this dude all, almost all your life. <laughs> yeah, but I know how. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I, fuck with him and give him a hard time, and then it would end up actually fucking him. <laughs> I say now, John. It's over to you. Say, I'll tell you, John. It's over to you. Say. That's you, John. Just tell me the truth. John, I'm not going in that courtroom and lying for your ass. <laughs> and, then, and then they get you in that interrogation room, and they put that light on you, and they're like, just tell us. Just tell us what it was in, and you can go. I, I never thought that. If the person is innocent, why do you beat them down until they finally give up and admit something they didn't do? You know, yes. I never did that. That's what happens. <laughs> but it's not true. Just tell us. But it's not true. All right, then you're going to stay here until you tell the truth. But that's the and truth. <laughs> sometimes they'll be like, look, look, you, you just want to smoke? You want a cigarette? And they're like, yeah. They're like, all right. So here's a cigarette. Now, now you need to tell us. We, we helped you out. Now you help us. And then they give everything. They like they just spill the beans, you know. 
I never, I never like, I don't know. <clears throat> I think that's the only two major rants. But, well, you know what? I got pulled over one time because I was, it was first my first two years with the Mustang, and I, I didn't know the registration and the inspection sticker different. So I just peeled off one and put the other one on. So I was rolling around with two inspection stickers on my car. <laughs> but somehow the officer saw that. Somehow the officer saw it. And oh, yeah, they watched it. Huh? They looked for that stuff. And he pulled me over and he asked me, sir, why you got two inspection stickers? Where's your registration sticker? Like, oh, man. I was like, I, you know, I was a dumb kid. I was like 18. I was like 19, 18. I was like, oh, man, that built the wrong one. Man, Shane, that officer laughed so hard. He just said, get out of here and get that fixed. Uh, he just laughed. Well, he, he just laughed his ass off. Man, go get that fixed. Yeah, he ripped the wrong one off. At least you uh, at least you got off with a laugh and, you know, everything was fine. I can remember, uh, man, I was probably about, I was probably 17. 17 or 16? 16. 16. No, I was 17. And that summer when I was 17, I went to go stay with my dad. And I got a job working at um, Win Dixie as a uh, night stalker, stalking the shelves and stuff at night. Mm-hmm. The car my dad got me was this piece of shit American Motors Concord. He paid two hundred bucks cash for it. Um, he didn't have a transmission when he bought it, so he had to he had to go get a transmission from a junkyard and put it in there. And uh, he got it to run, although his exhaust system was shot, so it was loud as hell. But um, I drove that. Day. I drove. I drove that bitch around everywhere. Well, I got into a wreck with it, pretty quick. Like within like a month or two of having it, I wrecked it, and uh, I didn't have any insurance at the time, so I ended up having to pay all the damages that I caused out of pocket. Well, I was driving home after my dad's thing would be, um, you know, I was working. I was like, well, I'm I'm, go- I'm going back home, and that was that was before cell phones. Like cell phones were out but only like the really rich people had them. Like we only had like one person in our school that had one, uh, the Marriott's. They were the only family in the whole town that had a fucking cell phone. I remember oh, Cali. Yeah. I remember Cali. I remember. Yeah. So those were the only ones that had them. And, uh, so I, it's not like I called mom and said, Hey, I'm on my way back home. I was just like, well, fucking I'm done staying up here with my dad. So I'm going home. So I get in the car and I'm going and I get pulled over because, the car's fucking shit. I mean, the door's all fucked up. It's all been in. It hasn't been inspected. It hasn't been registered. I don't have insurance. I mean, it's nothing, you know, and it, who knows who the last owner of the fucking car was. It could be stolen for all I know. So I get pulled over, and I don't know what's going on. So, And then another squad car shows up, and I'm like, oh, shit, man. What's about to happen? And I'm like, you know, 10 miles away from my house, my mom's house, and uh, they come up, and I got to bat- so, like, to take my clothes home. I just put them in a trash bag, a black trash bag, and I had it sitting in the back seat. They come up to my car and they're like, "Sir, what's uh, what's in that uh, what's in your back seat there?" And I was like, "Oh, it's just uh, some clothes." And they're like, "Oh, do you mind if we look through it?" And I was like, "Yeah, go ahead." And, you know, <laughs> just one of those things, man. You're like, "What are they about to do?" You know, what's about to happen? Just, I, I get why the police are getting a lot of hate. These, I'm not saying it's justified, but I get it. Man. I mean, when you when you get when it happens all the time, you get tired of that shit after a while. You know, we're we're told growing up that we're supposed to be this free society and we can do as we want, but you're not, that's not true when you're on the roads, man. That's the police's world. You just happen to be there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. hopefully you just don't have nothing on you or hopefully you just that good a person. Like just say, Hey, yeah, do what you gotta do. And you know, let's have a good day. You know, 
Now you now you doing some shady shit. Well, you think you know you're about to have a bad fucking day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that that's the thing, you know. I mean, it it's a it's a tricky thing though because you know, I mean, I can see both sides of it. You know, police officers they got a hard job. I mean, you don't know when you go when you pull somebody over that is potentially your life. Like if you do if things go wrong, the worst that could happen is you're dead. And, yeah, the, the worst, yeah, worst case scenario. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah, yeah and worst that's case pot- scenario. that's potentially any any time you walk up to a car, you don't know. Like I saw this video for a training once where it was this woman. She was a, a female police officer, and she pulled over this guy. And of course, when she does his background, it comes back that he has you know a shit ton of warrants and uh, parole violation, and they're, you know he's been he's been on the run. Well, he's got his daughter in the car, and so the woman decides to, to get him out of the car and just talk to him without, um, so that way his daughter wouldn't see what's about to happen. So this dude is probably like, you know, 6'6", 350 pounds, big old, you know, burly black guy, and this is a little old white sheriff, and uh, he gets out of the car, and he says, they start talking, and she goes to turn around, she's like, okay, well, I'm just going to check on this, and he just, bam, just knocks one punch right in the fucking head, and she drops and like it cracked her skull, he hit her so hard. Damn. And, uh, and he and when she got down on the ground, he kept hitting her. Like he kept like until he saw blood starting to come out of her. That's when he stopped. And he just hear him on. You can hear the dash cam. You can hear him tell his daughter, "He's like, baby, I can't go to jail. Dad can't go to jail." And they get in the car, drive off, and that woman like fucked up for the rest of her life. You know. Mm-mm. So and you and she just you know she just thought she's going to just you know. Call, you know, call him in and, get, you know, have to take the guy into custody and wait till somebody shows up to get the kids. But no, it's not what happened. She turned her back to him and then bam, he just took her out. Yeah. You know, that's pretty much why, Shane. I, I, I never really like, you know, okay, I'm not a bad person. I don't have right. drugs in my car. That's much why I'm always like, okay, yeah, I turn the lights on, I take the keys out, I put on my dash. You know, if I had to, I take my hands out the window just to make it more calm. You know, because you know, I don't want to make them uncomfortable. I already know they have a shitty job sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, man, why can't we go back to the the damn Mayberry days when you know the the sheriff walked around, he didn't have a fucking gun, you know, Hell, he only, yeah, he only, he only got the gun when he needed it. You know, well, you got forty five carrying a bullet. That's, I thought that was stupid bullet. Barney five well, carrying in pocket. Well, and if you remember, Barney five shot himself in the damn foot. So what's that well, done? <laughs> did he just was that just a lack of options for Andy? Well, oh, hiring Barney? Yeah. That, was that just like, I got this guy. This right here. Yeah, that's a damn good point. Why the hell would he hire Barney? For you me? know, this is my, well, no one does apply. Just me. Well, damn it. Well, I guess, congratulations. You're it. I mean, you really had slim pickings. It was either Barney Fife or Gomer Powell. I mean, shit, man. You got, you got the worst. It's either bad or worse. I mean, Gomer, at least Gomer had military training, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't call that military training. He was in the Marines. Yeah, he had military training. Uh, I wouldn't call that military training in the slightest. That is the most depiction of military life I've ever seen. You don't think Gomer Powell was uh, realistic, Aaron? Is that what you're trying to tell us? At all. Not at all. (laughs) That's not how it is on base. You don't sit there and. Are you kidding me? You don't sit there and crack jokes. You you want an actor? You want to go? You want an accurate depiction? Watch Gunny Army, man. Gunny Army will show you exactly how it is. You, you're telling me what that a private. 
<laughs> you tell me that a private can't pull a prank on an E7 and nothing happens? Like just no. no yeah, no. come on, dude. Come on. <laughs> what side was that, Private Pile? Are you sure, Private Pile? What side was that, Private Pile? <laughs> uh, Aaron, did you ever have anybody? Did you ever, did you did you ever have anybody the subject called uh, uh, Pile or Barney or anything funny? Uh, that most of those jokes came after I got out. But uh, no, no, man, this um, this E8 was running his battalion down the street once, and I had to take my personal vehicle while I'm on base to a staging area and park it. I was waiting for some reason, and I knew I shouldn't have done this because I know in the mornings there's people running up and down this road, and you can't drive your vehicle down there because it's a safety risk. You can't have people running around you while you're driving your car at 10, 15 miles an hour because okay. it's not just – or 30 guys it's like 100 to 300 guys running up and down this road yeah and so i'm driving my car down this road because i was told i need to be somewhere and what happens as i'm just coasting along this motherfucker runs up along my window you need to pull a fuck over right now so i pull over <laughs> and he's this bald old sweating man mad as fuck yelling and screaming at me who the fuck is your battalion sergeant major? Who is your company commander? What battalion are you with? I better not see you around here ever again. In my car, just looking ahead. Yes, Mass Sergeant. I'm Mass Sergeant. I'm Mass Sergeant. Yes, Mass Sergeant. Sergeant Major Robertson, Mass Sergeant. Yeah, I mean, I'm just bubbling. <laughs> and everybody that was a part of that that saw me, they're just laughing their ass off. I'm getting my ass chewed. Now, see, Jerome, why does it got to be like that? Why does it got to go through all that? Hey, why can't he just saying? say, hey, that, man, don't bring the card down? That still was funny. <laughs> because it was a common rule. That knows that area knows you don't drive your vehicle around there in the morning. You wait until around at least nine o'clock and then you drive your vehicle. And if you don't know that rule, then somebody needs to educate you. And that's what he did. He educated me. He educated um, you. Uh, so, so do you think, do you think you would have, uh, you, how would you have behaved if he had just calmly told you, said, Hey man, you can't drive down here. Uh, what would you have done then? I would have said, uh, Roger that, Sergeant, um, Roger that, Mass Sergeant. I was given instructions to park at this parking lot. Oh, don't you fucking talk. I'm asking the goddamn you, questions. You, right? But are you questioning him? You question? That's, see, that's why, Eric. That's why you yelled that. He knew you were going to question. Uh, I'm not questioning him. I'm telling him what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, no, I'm telling him what I'm doing. But at the time, he didn't even fucking what the, the, the thing that I have a problem with is that if you see me driving down this road that people are not supposed to be driving, I have to have a reason for driving down that road. I'm not just trying to drive down that road to be driving down that road. Oh. I need to get somewhere. That was the whole purpose. And I didn't just have to get somewhere because I wanted to go somewhere. I was told to be somewhere, and that was the route I had to take to get there. And so where, he wouldn't even let me explain. He just sit there pitching. Yeah. Where, where was that Aaron at? Where's that Aaron at? Tell him right back. Hey, asshole, <laughs> you calm down. I'll post dude, I was 20 years old at the time this dude was laying into my <laughs> asshole, and I had no experience. I had no idea what to say. Just let him do it. <laughs> well, well, why did you drive? Why didn't you just run with him? Why didn't you run to where you needed to go? I was in my, my I wasn't in my PT gear, and it was probably about three miles away. So hmm. they wouldn't let you just run out in your normal stuff. Well, okay, I needed to bring my car there for a purpose. Oh, 
I didn't need to. I didn't need to just drive myself over there. I needed my car to be there too. Oh. But did you still feel like, man? Now I'm fucking up. I man. just wanted him to shut up and leave me alone because I knew I was still going to go where I needed to go regardless. Yeah. So you waited until he left and he just drove. You just kept on driving. Well, yeah. After they freaking ran off and I, I sat there and waited for them to leave, and once they left, I just kept driving. So what if you had pulled over before they were running by and you just stopped your car there? What would have happened? Well, at the time that I approached that road, they were already there. Oh. Ah, okay. You couldn't have waited until they went by and then. <laughs> well, I was at the very back end of the battalion. So without the battalion, the company, I was at the back end of the company that was running hmm. and he didn't have to come and, and scream at me, but he did. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't have to. So I was by about 50, 60 yards. I wasn't in danger of hitting anybody, but since I was breaking a rule, he had to come and let me know. And that was all that mattered. You go, Aaron, you can't miss a chain of command. You broke a rule. He had, <laughs> he had his job. His job so, was eight years, I know, man. I did know. you ever did you ever have that situation happen a lot where you're you're told to do something, and you have to follow the rules. But in order to do what you're told to do, you have to break the rules. Um. Well, not not something I'm going to talk about on the air. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gomer Pyle did all the time, Shane. All That's time. what I'm saying. You know, Gomer Pyle, he always broke the rules, but he was doing what he was told. That crap ain't legit, uh, realistic at all. <laughs> Gomer Pyle's not real. I thought they well, had like a rifle. He was trained rifleman. I thought they had a. I thought they had a uh, expert on set that would like guide them in the real mil- no, marine I, life. I, I, I don't believe that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought yeah, because you remember that. There's that one guy. He's kind of he's a little chubby. The sergeant, and he's always like pile. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that seems realistic to me, right? Being angry all the time is accurate. That's that's it. You know, yeah, no, he wouldn't have made it. He would have been stepped out. Fellow you should adapt. But uh Well back in yeah, Vietnam though, that's I mean, you know, a little different story back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Vietnam, they just put you through the meat grinder, you know. Yeah. If, if you didn't deserve to be there, either you were gonna get killed or you were gonna do your time and get out. I was and talking to a, I was talking to a guy who was a retired police officer and he he went to vietnam and he was telling me about it he was like yeah man when uh when you get off the plane and you land over there you you got all your gear and you really don't know what you're doing and you go walking off the plane and like all these guys come by you and they start pointing and they say that guy's got three weeks that guy's got five weeks and what they're saying is how long you're going to live like they're predicting your death shit well okay well that's that's not motive man trying to motivate him or some shit i don't know no, 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 it's not positive at all. Like, it's totally oh, just to where oh. you're at. Damn. <laughs> Shit. You know? Well, okay. Well, that doesn't inspire me at all. You know? I think, I think the positive, the, like the positive side of the military, that ended in, in, in World War II. I remember, <coughs> I think they said in World War II when the um, Marines were landed on the beach, they had uh, Dwight Eisenhower's speech playing, like letting the Marines know that this mission is going to change the course of humanity or change the course of the war. And that's probably the last time there was like a motivational, uplifting speech before a huge combat operation like that. Have you ever heard of the Marja Marines? Because they did a uh, pretty big, pretty big speech before the Marines ran into Marja. It was probably like the biggest Taliban stronghold in Afghanistan. 
Oh, uh, General came in and actually said something? Like, I, like, I was uh, talking no, about It was the commanding officer, yeah. It wasn't a general. Um, well, they, they started delegating that to – so instead of generals approaching you and giving you speeches, your colonels would give you speeches. Because when my battalion got ready to go to Afghanistan, the uh, commanding officers knew when they got that mission that um, they were about to get into some heavy shit, and they did. Marja was a pretty pretty mean battle. Is in the Hanging Province, I think. Um, is, that know, a, was, is that a well-known uh, speech he gave? Like you can't look it up. Uh, right? but YouTube and just about every Marine that was in that province or um, went to Marja. They they all they all know that video. You will well, forever be as Marja Marines, is what they're called. Is it as inspiring as Eisenhower's speech was on D-Day? It was kind of. He, he had a couple of laughs, but. It was more about, you know, you guys got to get your fucking head in the game because this is what this is how people die. And I think, yeah, several casualties. Yeah, I think Roosevelt said a speech before he when he was riding with the Rough Riders in the Cuba. I think he yeah. did a speech right before they started. Huh? He was also. I like Roosevelt. He was a go getter. He didn't care. I liked him. I like Roosevelt. <laughs> I like that he also I locked up a whole bunch of Japanese and put them in camps. That, that, well, that's Franklin. That's Franklin Roosevelt. I'm talking about Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, yeah. sorry, I got it confused. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, when did Teddy do that? Yeah, no, Franklin Roosevelt was kind of an asshole. I mean, he won the war, but he's kind of an asshole. Uh, oh yeah, Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt was the good kind of asshole. Like, he, he he didn't like bullies. He didn't like big business. And and you, I don't know if y'all know this, but the, like, okay, nowadays the rich people are it's, uh, it's Bezos, it's it's Bill Gates, it's people that that run technology companies. They're, they're the rich guys. Well, back in Teddy Roosevelt's days, like the guys like Rockefeller and uh, JP Morgan, like if you, if you had that their the level of wealth they had back then in today's money was like $350 billion. I mean, super yeah. rich, super, super rich. So for Roosevelt to come in and say, Hey, you fuckers, no, we're not doing this shit. Uh, break up your company. And if you don't, we're going to make you. I mean, that that took a lot of guts. I mean, that's a big, like you said, he, he walked softly, but he carried a big stick. And he's like, he's like, we're going to build a, We're going to put a monument in the mountain and my face is going to be on there. And then we're going to have uh, national parks and we're going to build a fucking canal all the way across South America so I can get my boats in and out. And you're going to give it, you're going to break up your business. I mean, uh, Teddy Roosevelt did a lot. I mean, he was, he was the, they call him like, you know, he's the start of the progressive movement. Yeah, he was he did a lot of public works. Yeah, you know, he was real big about making the federal government this this huge thing that it's kind of like that's kind of like laying the groundwork for what the federal government is today. This big huge monster, you know. Um and he was kind of the he was kind of, you know, let's put it to work. Let's roll up our sleeves and let's get the job done, you know. Well, on on a side note, wasn't that kind of arrogant to go and put my face up there with the guys too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's <laughs> He's kind of a little. He was a. He was a little brag, a braggadocious. He was a fighter too. He liked to fight. He was one of the first presidents to learn uh, jujitsu. Shit. Yeah. My man. That's my man right there. I like him. I like yeah. him. Yeah. Him and uh, him and Abe Lincoln were both real, real fighters. I mean, like, like combat. I like him as a wrestler. He was a. Uh, yeah. He was a wrestler with a lot of. Uh, what was it? Wood chopping strength. He could handle a, a wood chopping axe like nobody else. Yeah, he was also was like almost a foot taller than everybody else too. How yeah. tall was he? How tall was Lincoln? Uh, six four. 
Six four, big dude. Yep. Big guy. Six four, <laughs> about. Yeah, people weren't tall like they are now. Six four, like one ninety. Yeah, just solid. solid was really tall. So he was Andre the Giant of his of his time. Yeah, if you look at photos of him standing around next to people, like he's like a head above everybody else. Like, yeah, even, well, yeah, he's like, he's like the Shaq of his time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, damn cough. Hey, Aaron. What, what? Speaking of Marines, what were those Marines you said in um in a Warhammer that could that could face demons without being possessed by them? Or the, the Grey Knights. Oh, the Grey Knights. The, what were they? The Grey Knights. They're basically like fucking superheroes. I mean, they're badass. But yeah. They regular, they but their minds are stronger than the regular ones, right? Yeah, they, they tattoo these runes. Yeah, they go through extreme psychological conditioning. And just about every single one of them has some sort of psychic power that helps them to fight off demons. Okay, I was going to ask, like, do they have an ability or are they just made? You know? Yeah, some of it's their gear. Uh, their gear is specially designed to fight off demon spawn. They, they they tattoo these rune symbols like all over their body, and whenever a demon shows up, it starts burning because it's to protect them from uh from like being mind controlled. Yeah, and then you have the, uh, the sisters of battle, the Silent Sisterhood. They don't have souls, and so in the Warhammer series, if you possess a soul, that's a gateway for the demons to possess you, and so for the Silent Sisterhood. The uh, the demons like if they come into a presence of one of those women they'll like melt, it'll kill their physical body because they can't be around something that doesn't have a soul. So, so for the listeners, what book would, would be would be a good start off? To start the Great Knights is the Great Knights is a good one by Ben Counter, and it's one of the best in the whole series. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I've, I've, I've read Hammer Great Knights. Yeah, it's yeah, just. Book. Yeah, I would recommend that to anybody that hasn't that's uh, heard of Warhammer but hasn't read any of their stuff. The Grey Knights books are good. You got Grey Knights, Dark Mechanicum is the sequel, and then there's another one after that. I don't know what it is, but but there's um, a lot, there's a lot of Warhammer books, right? There's a lot of them. Oh, there's a shit there, of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got the Warhammer Horus Heresy, which is how the Warhammer Forty Thousand Universe started. It started in the year thirty thousand, where humanity had all this technology. And um, the guy that united the entire human race under one leadership, he started this uh, genetically modified warriors program. And as he was starting it, now this this is where things kind of get real confusing. Um, some guys from the future got teleported into the past, and they caused the emperor's plans. The emperor is the guy that united mankind. They caused the emperor's plans to go haywire, and all these world leaders that he was creating genetically from scratch. They all got scattered to the winds. They got, you know, transported across the entire galaxy. But it's just crazy for me to understand that because that wouldn't have happened if he hadn't been transported back in time. But if you weren't there to begin with, you know, it's that whole causal loop that doesn't make no sense to me. They got transported back in time to change how their past is. Mm-hmm. What the? Fuck? So the, the, for them, the past already existed. They pr- the, they're called the Primarchs. The Primarchs had already been scattered to the winds. Well, then they meet these demons. These demons take them back in time to when that happened, and they're the ones that caused it. But that, that's, well, how the fuck does that work? <laughs> that already sounds confusing. But, Aaron, oh, go ahead. Uh, in, in the book series, though, does it go like 
two hundred years before this happened, or four hundred years after that happened? Like, does it does it jump years, or does it like periodically? Uh, sometimes it does. Uh, the the Horus Heresy is the clearest continuous timeline that you can get because the 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 Horus Heresy it's all telling you about what happened before, during, and immediately after. And so some books, like you get books one through forty, they won't be in order. But if you put the sequence of events, you can like it's kind of like the Star Trek movies. I mean, the Star Wars movies, you know how the Star Wars movies aren't exactly in sequence. Yeah. You know, like five and six came out first, but one, two and three happened before that. That's kind of how the horse books are. So you got some books that are like in the middle, but they came out in the beginning. And then you got some horse books that were in the beginning, but they came out at the end. And then you got some books that are in, but they came out at first and you know it's just really it's not exactly in order but you can put them together and make a timeline and say this is what happened first this is what happened the second this is what happened third and that'll help you get an understanding of how everything fell apart because it's it's like one of the most tragic stories of science fiction that you can read you had all these guys coming together and they were going to unite humanity across the entire galaxy and then about half of them turned traitor and then the next thing you know, 10,000 years, and it's an endless war. Interesting. Um, is, there a, is there a race in, in the Warhammer universe that's like all technology, like artificial intelligence? Like Borg? Um, well, yeah. The, uh, the Necron, yeah, the, the Necron is all technology. Well, okay, so the Necron, you remember, Shane, we used to play this game. Um, the Necron is metal that's animated. And they were made because uh, their creators – were fighting off um, spiritual entities, and they couldn't win against them. And so they created these uh, ground troops, the Necron, to defeat the spiritual entities because um, even though they were alive, they were mechanical and metal. And all their constructs are metal, all their troops are metal, and um, they have a spiritual caste system. Uh, One of them is like one of the primordial spiritual beings that so powerful that it can destroy entire planets on its own and it's called a Satan, I think, or something like that. It's called the Night Ringer, and uh, that's their god. That's their deity, and um, it's it's the embodiment, like the human. Uh, what is it? The Grim Reaper. The human idea of the Grim Reaper. That's what this creature looks like. It wears a cloak. It's got a long scythe. It's really huge and black. Um, it's very foreboding and menacing. And uh, if if there's there's other races that are real technologically advanced. But the the Necrons are all like mechanical beings. Interesting, very interesting. But there's nothing yeah, there's like there's nothing like the Matrix or Terminators or anything, right? Or uh, yeah, they're kind of like the Terminator, except um, instead of it being uh, you know, a a robot with circuitry, these Necrons are just hunks of metal that are animated and live. Well, um, uh, did I remember one time either you or Shane were telling me wasn't there like a a leader? That he only could live if, they, if you killed like a thousand psychic beings. A yeah. So it's so. This is why the Horus Heresy is so sad. So the Horus Heresy, the the Emperor of Mankind, got all of humanity on Earth under his leadership, and then he went out and went to Mars. And there were people living on Mars, and he got them into an alliance with Earth, and he made this agreement between the two of those planets. And then he started to take the galaxy back. He was going out to all the planets that humans lived on and he was reclaiming them. And to do that, he had to make a whole bunch of soldiers. And those were the space Marines to lead those space Marines. He made the Primarchs his generals 
And they were like, they were the epitome of human achievement and accomplishment. They were the smartest. They were the strongest. They, um, they were even uh, more uh, genetically gifted than uh, space Marines. They were taller, bigger, they could regenerate, you know, and stuff like that. They survived conditions like Vulcan. Vulcan was a perpetual. So that means he could never really die. He, you, he, uh, he was orbit. He was teleported into orbit around a planet and his body was uh, fragmented into little pieces because he burnt up and then he rematerialized kind of like Deadpool. Yeah. He's pretty much Deadpool. You can take him down to a single atom and he'll re- he'll regenerate. And um, yeah. Anyway. So the, the emperor made all these guys and they were incredible. They were impressive. Uh, one of them even made his own little kingdom. It's called the, the world, the, the, the Ultramar segment, the uh, the world, the 500 worlds of Ultramar. This one guy took over 500 worlds on his own, and um, you know that's just showing you that how talented and how how much time and, and technology he put into these guys that he made. Well, half of them turned traitor, and the greatest of those traitors was uh, the greatest of all the Primarchs. His name's Horus. Horus turned traitor. He fought the Emperor, almost killed him, but the Emperor killed Horus instead. And so they had to put the emperor on life support. And when they put the emperor on life support, they put him into a machine that keeps demons from coming into the planet earth. So he had this whole gate that he was working on. And when he almost died, that gate was left open. So he had to come back, be put into a machine that's keeping him alive. And the only way that he can keep from completely dying is that a thousand humans that have psychic abilities every day have to be fed into the machine. There's a book that I was reading that talks about how they do that. It's really, it's really twisted. Now also, doesn't that also like how humans navigate the war? Like something the, the emperor, you know, he's, he is the light of the astronomicon, which is uh so kind of like in, you know, star Trek and stuff when they hit warp speed, they, you know, they travel through space so damn fast. Well, um, for humans, they enter another dimension and it's a dimension of raw spiritual energy. So the emperor is such a powerful psychic. He's the most powerful psychic that's ever lived. When he's when any ship that's from the, the human empire tries to navigate the warp, they see the emperor's light. And he's the one that, that directs their ship where to go. It keeps them from missing their target. This guy. So he, he don't get tired of that shit? He's not like, oh, man, fuck it, man. I've been doing this for 10,000 years. It's been over 10,000 years. Yeah, well, that book you got me, Shane, um, there's some disputes about its authenticity because some people say that that was uh, canon, and then some people say that it's not. But there's a guy, and he tried to talk with the emperor. He tried to have a conversation with him, but the emperor's personality has fragmented. He's like three different identities in one. It's like he's having conversations with himself. But, I mean, that kind of makes sense to me because – his, his psychic abilities manifest in different forms in the Warhammer universe. He has the tarot, which is a card system that people play, and it gives them like a predictions for the future. Um, he does champions. So there was one guy, he was a Black Templar, and they said that um, the Emperor's power came through him and he overcame a demon, and that was the only way he could do it. And then there's... Uh, Go ahead, John. It, it seems very confusing, but like you said, like someone said, that's not canon. That's the same as Star Wars. People would say, "Oh, hold on, that never really happened. That's a book someone made." Or no, and, you know, it sounds like you you got. Damn, you talk- go ahead. 
It's it's a damn good book. It's actually like three or four. It's called the uh, Inquisition Wars in the Warhammer series, and that's that's a little bit more current for the Warhammer universe. But it's really good. Whoever wrote it did a really good job. But um, he th- this guy isn't the only one that has had a, a conversation with the Emperor. You know, after he got put in that life support system, uh, there was another guy. His name's uh, Robot Gilliman, and he's the one. Over the 500 world so they thought he was dead but this ritual that these aliens did brought him back to life and he went and talked to the emperor and so after having a private conversation with him that nobody knows what they said he came back and he said you know what i'm taking over and i'm gonna run things from now on it, it, ju- it just sounds like a very rough universe to live in if you're a human you're either a slave or you're a combatant or you're a hard labor, or you're really rich. Those are your four options. You either fight or you're a slave to serve the war effort, or you're doing hard labor somewhere, like farming or mining or agriculture. Or you're what's the goal? What's the what's the whole humanity wants to take over? Humanity wants they want to kill everything. They want to be the only species left. Human. Yeah. So that was that was the emperor's plan was to reach out across all the planets within the, the, the human galaxy, the Milky Way. And he was going to have humans take over everything. Get rid of orcs because orcs are a species. Get rid of the Eldar, which uh, they're a really technologically advanced alien. And then get rid of anything else that might be there. And now there's all kinds of other aliens that are coming out, like the Tyranid. The Tyranid are like the Zerg from StarCraft. And then you've got the Tau. The Tau are kind of, you know, they're... The, the tower are a threat because they appeal to people's moral sense. They're like the greater good. Fight. Yeah. The greater good benefits everybody. Well, the humans are like, well, we don't believe in that crap. We believe in human dominance. And if you're not going to submit to the human, uh, you know, edicts, then we'll kill you. And so that's just really there. So there's no alliance. There's no one alive with nobody. The humans are like nobody. No, there's no alliance with nobody. Yeah. Humans have... Uh, joined forces with the Eldar in the past because nobody knows demons more than the Eldar. The Eldar got so bad that they actually created a demon god. Um, and this demon god, you know, lives in the uh, spiritual realm. But this, uh, it's like a, a dual gender. It's a male and a female. Uh, this, this demon god can put agents in the real world to fuck shit up. And that's what happened with the Eldar. The Eldar were the dominant species of the galaxy at the time, back when humans were considered monkeys. They were the dominant species. Well, they got so bad that they created this demon. And, um, and so their story is really sad, too. Whenever an Eldar dies, if their soul cannot be trapped inside of a stone, then that demon god eats it. That's too rough, Shane. That's too rough the universe to live in. Yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. Any anytime I've read a book, it's like, shit, man. You either fucking, you, it's it's just shitty either way you go. There's no good position to be in. To get any joy out of your life is to be a space marine and just kill shit. And it's, even it's then, like just I just point when we when we go, just point, just fucking point. I go shoot the damn thing. And and the space marines like their their bodies like fall apart over time and they become more machine than human, you know. And it's like all that's left of you. Is- not all of them. Yeah, not not all of them. Um, and some some of them. So space marines have a very, you know, uh, crazy lifestyle. At first, they're just regular humans. 
And then they, you know, they live on a planet and the planet comes through and it's like, Hey, we need young, young men to uh, come along and serve the war effort. You have a good genetic uh, makeup. So we're going to take you to be a space Marine. And so they take them in and they put all these different organs in them. And these organs change their bone structure, bone density, uh, their uh, hemo, what's the word, their blood clotting factor. You know, they clot faster than people. They can live on like 30 days with just a few ounces of food and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. kind of like you said, Shane, yeah, that, you know, fighting all this war, their body break down. And eventually they get put into a machine. It's called a dreadnought. And they pilot that machine, even though they're, they're pretty much dead. Like if you take them out of that machine, they die. But while they're in that machine, that machine, you know, they can uh, direct it and, and pilot it. And so they're, they're still living, but it's kind of like a half-life. It's like Torture. having somebody, yeah. It's like having somebody on life support for the rest of their life. Is there a happy ending for anybody in these books? Is there, is there a fucking happy ending anywhere? If, when the um, mission, if the mission is accomplished? <laughs> Uh, well, some of the Imperial Guards actually have really good stories. Um, you've got some heroes of the Imperial Guard that, you know, they defend a critical point within the galaxy or they take the fight to the enemy and they obliterate them or they rally their forces against possible odds. But most of the time, if you're just a regular human, you're not a space marine, your life sucks. You're going to get torn to shreds in a miserable way. Uh, but, but does, does anyone, like, retire, retire, get married? That does happen, but then what the fuck, fuck's the point of telling that story? You can go read a fucking... <laughs> well, that's interesting, though. What if there was somebody who, like, you know, was a badass Marine, and they're like, you know what, I'm just not doing this shit anymore, and they just left, and they like, I'm going to go just go out into space and just see what I can uh, find. Some yeah, some of them do that. But they, they all, like, when you're a space Marine in this in this universe, when you're a space Marine... If you break your word to your leadership, you become a renegade. And if you're a renegade, your other space marine brothers will kill you on sight. Shit. <laughs> Bagel so, Once you go, you, you better not bring yeah. your ass back. You get, yeah, you got to yeah. And this is where it also gets confusing. So you got some guys that think that they're still on the side of the emperor, but other groups say they're traitors. And so they're renegades. And so they're still trying to do their mission. Like the Alpha Legion, the Alpha Legion is an entire group of space Marines. Nobody really knows what the fuck they're doing. Now they're called traitors because they took Horace's side. But um, the, the story that I've read and some of the stuff I've read about him is that they received an alien vision. And the alien vision said, if the emperor wins, then humanity is just going to be stale for the next 10,000 years, and it's just going to be nothing but war. And they were right. And they said, if Horus wins, then humanity will die, and the chaos gods will die with them because they feed off human emotions, anger, lust, greed, death and disease, and stuff like that. And that's how all these demons come into come into existence because of humanity's emotions and psychic power. So they said, if humanity dies, then the universe has hope because all these demon gods will go away. But no one knew that for sure because they had been existing for, you know, thousands of years before that. And so no one can guarantee that if humanity died, the chaos gods would die with them. And so the emperor wasn't going to take that chance. The emperor was, was certain that if he stayed in existence, then humanity always had hope. So, th- so, th- so he's still, so he's still alive, though, right? The king, he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, he's still thinking. Even now, he's, uh, 
involved in how the in how the human empire is is operated. He's not involved in leading it at all because all of his attention is directed to keeping Earth from being overrun by demons and for guiding all of his ships that are going through space. Well, That's all. What, what would happen if the demons won, though? I mean, wouldn't they eventually run out of souls? If, if the demons had destroyed Earth and killed all of mankind, well, then they wouldn't have anything to feast on anymore. And they would just fade from and, existence. And then what? And then what? That? Then what? Then what? The other alien races would have hope because there's no alien race that has as much psychic potential as the human race. I mean, even the Eldar, they had some psychic abilities, but it wasn't as, as much as the humans. And so the Chaos Gods started drawing a lot of their power from human subjects. That's why more humans turn to the Chaos Gods than any other race. And well, so... It, it just seems like if humans lose and demons go away, it seems like the alien, aliens would go, man, those guys are dicks. I'm glad they're gone. Now we can all get along well, and, and some of them want that to happen. But no one knows for sure if the chaos gods would go away because, like I said, the the Eldar aliens created their own. Things got so bad for them that they made a chaos god. So there's no guarantee that all the chaos gods would would go away. And so if um, if humanity died, you know, you would still have the Eldar, the Dark Eldar, the Orcs, the Tau, the Tyranids, and the Tyranids are another problem because the Tyranids don't have any psychic ability either, but. They don't negotiate. They don't negotiate with no fucking body. They just eat. And what they'll do is they'll go to a planet, and if they're winning and they, they overrun the planet, they eat everything. They eat plants. They eat animals. They eat humans. They eat uh, anything that's biological. Anything that's biological matter, they just eat it. And, Shane, you were, you'll remember because one of the games you played, you were fighting Tyrants. And um, they're, they're from another galaxy. And they're coming into this galaxy because they've run out of food. Uh, the Tau don't have psychics either, right? They they're all. Yeah, I don't think so either. They're just yeah, they're technology and they're kind of like the Covenant. They're kind of like the Covenant. A whole bunch of alien races. Yes. Why do you want this horrible? This sounds horrible. <laughs> like horrible yeah. universe. Horrible, yeah. horrible. We're here in the forty K people. Tales of victory. There's it all comes down to like. Some of the tactical genius of what these guys do is really good, and it's it's interesting for me to see people that don't have military backgrounds writing these military novels. It's really um, insightful, kind of. Some of the stuff that they get away with is really cool. Uh, the Flight of the Eisenstein is one of the Horace Horace Heresy novels. It was actually nominated mm-hmm. as a bestseller. Really? Uh, hmm. yeah, yeah, it's just misery. It's if if for all listeners out there, if you just want misery and, and Death, death and destruction and chaos and anarchy. Read a Warhammer book. <laughs> or you want to see some badass warriors kicking ass, burning shit and melting it with laser cannons, then yeah, read Warhammer. Well, that's, and that's what you gotta, you know, you have to go in for it for the superhero element of it, for the guys that are just like, you know, ultimate badassery. That's really... Well, some of the guardsmen are pretty badass, dude. You just gotta find the right ones. Hmm. Sounds like a lot of reading I have to do, you know, but I'm not John, if you're read that you you might want you know science fictiony or if you're looking for a hobby to pick up read the horus heresy series dude because the horus heresies like you hear about all these generals and all these commanding officers and all these biographies and about all their personalities and stuff well the thing about the primarchs is that even though they were these superhumans they were the furthest away from a physical human you can get 
They had multiple organs. They were nine feet tall. They were superhuman intelligence. Like they could outthink a computer or whatever. Damn. Well, the thing is, they, they all had human flaws, pride, vanity, doubt, uh, self-consciousness, rage, um, liars, deceitfulness. All of these generals, you know, for all their great successes, they had some really bad flaws, too. Are there any of them left? Yeah. So Robert Gilliman, the one I was telling you about earlier, he was in charge of the Empire of Ultramar. While he was separated from his leader, he made an entire uh, system his. 500 worlds were under his leadership. And he's back. So during the Horus Heresy, 10,000 years ago, uh, he got into a fight, a demonic blade cut him, and it almost killed him. They put him in a stasis chamber, and they were hoping that one day they would have the technology to bring him back. Well, then these aliens came up with a ritual, and they knew that this guy would have potential because they something bad was about to happen in the galaxy. These demons were coming back, and there was going to be a bunch of them. And if they had any hope to beat them, they needed the humans because the humans have more military might than anybody. And so, because the orcs, the orcs aren't going to work with you unless they get something out of the deal. Um, and yeah, the orcs have a lot of, you know, troops, but they're not going to work with you unless you're going to give them something. And so for the humans, if they know that the demons are coming back, they're like, fuck yeah, you just tell us where they're at. And so they knew that they needed to do something. So they came up with this ritual. They brought Robot Gilliman back and now he's back. The other primarchs that are left, um, on the good side, after the, the, uh, betrayal, Everybody lost trust in the space Marines. They're like, you know, it's because of them. We're in this bloody civil war that's costing us everything. And so um, a lot of Primarchs, a lot of the leaders went out to find redemption of some kind. And you, you, they just disappeared. Like four of them are just gone. The rest of them died or they turned traitor. Now, the ones that are turned traitor, they were corrupted by the, uh, the demon gods. So you got Lorgar. He's a demon prince. You got Angron. He's a demon. And once you become a demon prince, you can't die. You can go back to the warp and you can't come back for like a hundred or a thousand years or whatever. But your your physical body will die, but your spirit will remain permanent. As long as there's a chaos god, you'll live. So um, there's Lorgar. There's uh, Angron. Angron was the first one to be turned. There's Mortarian. Um, there's Omegon. Omegon had a twin brother, Alpharius, but Alpharius is dead. Um there's Mortarian. Mortarian is supposed to be like the human specter of the Grim Reaper. He carries a large scythe. He walks and everything that, you know, is around him is poisoned because he grew up on a planet that had poison air. And so he keeps a poison system around his body because he can't breathe clean air. It makes him sick. Um, he's a demon prince. And then there's Magnus. Magnus was the most powerful magic wielder of all the humans. So Lugar was a powerful psychic but Magnus was a powerful magician. He's like the most powerful there's ever been. He could do all kinds of shit. Hmm. Uh, and was so strong that he, you remember the, the, about the Titans a little bit. Uh, the, the, the planets or the moons or whatever, the fortresses. No, no. Um, in the Warhammer series, they have these giant walking robots called Titans. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the size of skyscrapers. Angron is so strong that he, he, uh, one of them was about to step on it and he stopped it. He held the foot up of the, one of these giant monsters and he just kept it there until he could get away. And uh, he's still alive. Actually, the Grey Knights have fought him. Uh, 
Lorgar's still around. I already said him. Um, and I think there's a couple more. I just can't remember who they are. Where, where do they get the bodies? Where are the bodies coming from for this this war? Where, the, where are these human bodies uh, coming yeah, from? Like I said, um, so at first the emperor made them. And so what happens is they have all these organs inside of them. And when they die, they harvest some of those organs to go into another person. And that way, even though you die, your story still kind of lives on because those organs keep some of your DNA. Hmm. Well, there we go. That's Warhammer, John. Man, <laughs> just man, just man, just half the episode. Warhammer forty k. Just, 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 just it's a horrible, horrible yeah. way to live. Oh no, it's it's misery. It's miserable. It's it's a it's a it's a rough, rough. It's just you know, it's basically it's trying to say what they're trying to do. It's like you know England, you know like medieval times. Mm-hmm. It's like the dark ages, like when everybody was fucking dying from the plague. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like that, but it's way, way, way into the future. And you know, so it, I, it sounds interesting. Like it sounds yeah. like a really interesting book, but like man, like god dang man, just now if you want to get started, the Grey Knights is a good little beginner's book. It's it's easy to read. It's kind of like a superhero story. Um, I I recommend that one. Then just hit the then just hit the fan later on. Oh yeah, no, it's the shit gets bad. I mean it's no, none, there's no Warhammer book that you read that doesn't end bad. I mean, it's always shit hitting the fan. Um, man, that's, man. that's Warhammer. <laughs> Why? So, well, we hit our time, man. So I guess we're we're gonna we're gonna need to do the the, the next uh, your other podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, let's wrap it up and get the five minutes done and call it a day. Thanks everybody for checking in, Big Beefin. We appreciate getting over three hundred listens. Yes. Um. Yeah. We'll 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 keep trying. I'm pretty sure the reasons why our listens went up because that last episode was so unique. So we're gonna try to come up with crazy shit like that again. So that way, you know, we can keep up the strong viewership. I don't know. I don't know how much buzz we're gonna get with a 30 minute conversation on Warhammer. And we really didn't. We barely scratched the surface of Warhammer. I mean, like barely. I mean, we well, just, if, we, if there's a Warhammer fans out there, we just got those guys, or you know, oh, either yeah, they, no, that, I, I that think or they like people would like to hear this. I mean, it, anybody that's anybody that has a passing interest in Warhammer, they love to talk about it. Like they just love to hear about all the stuff and the points of views and what all's happening. But it is interesting. I mean, it's it's a weird, weird world. So yeah, well, like Aaron's just pouring out. Oh, he's got out. he's read a ton of books. Man. It out, you know. I, I, for Christmas a, a couple of years, I, I bought him like three or four books, and like he's just been. And I mean, these aren't little little books; these are like huge, big fucking novels. So, and then you can get on Wikipedia, and you can really go down a rabbit hole because it usually breaks them all down, and it's just endless information. So, oh, okay, <laughs> let's wrap her up and get going. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. I'll call you back, Shane. All right.